Hey guys, welcome to a bonus episode of Stories Hammock and Rubus. We'll come back to our regular episodes next week, but Charles and I have had a busy week. Apart from all of our work stuff that's been crazy for the past two, three weeks or whatever, we finally took a fun weekend and uh, we did some fun stuff. We went through Manchester and you want to tell everybody what we were up to? Well, we drove by the farm. Yeah, so I guess we can tell you about that first. So those of you that know, we are in Huntsville, Alabama, about an hour and a half drive, I suppose. Yeah, not too far. Yeah, well... A little more than an hour and a half, and we actually drive the bus to Bonnaroo. We drive the bus, <laughs> yeah. It could take anywhere from an hour to seven hours. You never know. It would have to be going really fast to get there in an hour. We don't get there in a regular car in an hour. But yeah, I would say probably two, maybe two and a half hours in the bus, the yeah. way it drives. Tops out about 60. But yeah, we were in a regular car this past weekend. We came through Manchester on the way to our second place that we'll tell you about in just a bit. But that was the first time we had been there since June of last year when we stopped by after the speakeasy room that we did. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, we hadn't been there in quite a while. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about what we saw. The farm is looking great. It looked as if they were starting to cut the grass and stuff. Yeah, they were definitely working on it. And I guess they're getting ready for all of the little uh, farm shows that they're going to have, the concerts on the farm. Yeah, kind of a pod show. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But it looked as if they were kind of putting out a lot of gravel in the driving areas. Uh, the grass had been recently cut. And they were even doing something on the what stage when we were there. We saw the lights were on. Yeah, the lights were on on the what stage. So wasn't the best time to kind of, you know, sneak in and uh, look around like a lot of people have been known to do because there was so much activity going yeah, on. Yeah, we didn't even want to stop because they were clearly like working on it. Yeah, I didn't want to fool with it. We have done it before. I think we're past the statute of limitations on that. Yeah. I know. I didn't want to push my luck. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell a quick story. We did that one time. Charla and I came back from Nashville, and we decided to take the long way around. And I wasn't even going to go on side or anything. We just went down Bushy Branch Road just to look and see what was going on. It was about this time of the year. It was May. So uh, there was a uh, Bonnaroo happened the next month that year. And a cop like pulled us over at that little entrance over there towards the, the middle of Bushy Branch Road. Do you remember that? Yes. Like, uh, yeah. I just pulled in, and then he asked for my ID as if I was about to trespass. Yeah, I so know. I don't I don't like pushing my luck with it. No. <laughs> we weren't even doing anything. I was just, like, driving by, whatever. But, yeah, this time we just kind of uh, took that little road and turned around real quick. But it was great to see the place starting to look as if it was coming back to life, right? Yeah, it was cool. It was super cool. When we were there last June, when we stopped by just for a minute after our speakeasy room, it was kind of sad because everything was all grown up and a lot of things hadn't been touched since the June prior to that. You yeah, know, it looked it was like a ghost really town. Sad. But now it was almost as if Bonnaroo were happening here in a month or two. Just because, mm-hmm. like you said, they're getting ready for those, those uh, concerts pod- on the farm. Yeah. You know what's funny is I haven't seen a lot of people talk about those as much since a real Bonnaroo has been announced. Right, yeah. Well, what? I don't think that those are targeted to a Bonnaroo audience. Maybe those that are in the Tennessee area, but certainly not further than that. I mean, okay, this is no dig at anybody that likes him or him itself, but like, yeah, I'm just not tempted to go see, was it Jason Aldean? Jason Aldean, yeah. <laughs> just not my cup of tea. <laughs> That's cool that they have him, though. I saw that... It, at least one of those shows had sold out, and now they were going to sell tickets to a screaming show that he's oh, playing. Well, I mean, if they're making money off of it, just I mean, yeah, going to keep up the farm going. More, I mean, more power to them. I've known that they've wanted to do stuff like 
that for forever. I would love to see them do more single shows that are more targeted to the more traditional Bonnaroo crowd. I've heard that there's been talks for a really long time that there might be some single fish show on the farm at some point. Oh, that'd be cool. Would you go to that? Yes. I'd be tempted. I wasn't a huge fan of them before they played a couple of years ago, but then I got a little bit more into it. And now I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think I'd drop maybe a hundred bucks to go see fish for a night or two. That'd be cool. Yeah. You would go? I'd probably go. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Would you rather go if it was dead in company? With I'd a, rather go see Dead and Company. Yeah, I think so, too. Man, I was so happy with that show that they put on back in 16. I would totally go back to the farm for just a, a Dead and Company show. Yeah. I know that they were planning on doing a uh, kind of small tour last year before everything went down. They were going to play a show over at uh, the Bravest Ballpark over in Atlanta. And I was very, very, very tempted. But that got announced like a month or two before everything started shutting down. If they played a single show on the farm, you would go? Yeah. I think it would sell out. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to suggest that now. Hey, AC and uh, Live Nation, Dead and Company on the farm. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. I would be much more tempted to go to that than Jason Aldean, I'm just saying. (laughs) But yeah, Manchester was great. Oh, and we have some other big news about Manchester, about a certain place that's one of our traditions just about a mile or two up the road. Do you want to tell about it? Yeah. So uh, the Manchester Cracker Barrel now serves alcohol. Yes. I mean... There was a thing like a year ago or so that Cracker Barrels were going to start serving alcohol, but it was going to, you know, start at a few Cracker Barrels and then branch out to other Yeah, ones. just a handful. And it has branched <laughs> out to the Manchester Cracker Barrel. This is... They have a yeah. beer. They got Bud Light. They got PBR. And, and I think m- they got Blue Moon. Yeah, I saw that. But mimosas. They got mimosas. Oh my gosh. This is a game changer. We have a tradition that... Our crew goes to the Manchester Cracker Barrel, which literally, you could almost walk there. It's like a mile and a half away. We go there like about 11 a.m. Monday after we've gotten up and uh, have looked for ground scores for a little bit and just pull the bus up in there into one of the RV sections and like make a scene and come get an amazing brunch. Now that brunch is even going to be even better. You can post game. Post game, yeah. yeah. And if you don't like mimosas or if you don't like some light beer. They also have some sangria, and they have some Sutter Home wine. Oh, that's if you're getting really fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Sutter Home. Yeah. That's right up there with like Arbor Mist I for mean, like how classy you can yeah. get. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they had a you know, tiny, it was a tiny selection, but they had a selection there. Yeah. And the prices were like uh, about four ninety nine. Uh, for the beer, and I think it was five ninety nine for the mimosas. Yeah, it's a little high, but I mean, it's not that bad. I, I mean, mean it was restaurant uh, prices, so. I guess you would pay about that or more than that for alcohol inside Bonnaroo anyways, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's fair. I wish there was a way to, like, pregame at the Cracker Barrel. But, like, by the time you get there, you just want to get in line and get yeah. in. You don't want to fool around with that. Yeah. That's why it's the perfect post-game. It's the thing. post-game. That Monday morning brunch, man, that's where it's that at. It's a game changer for that Monday morning brunch, for real. You know, I've been thinking about this. How weird is this coming Monday after Bonnaroo going to be? Because it will technically be a holiday on Labor, Labor Day. Day. So, will there be a crowd at that Cracker Barrel? There's going to be a lot more traffic on I-25, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, there was another reason that we were up that way this past weekend. For the first time in almost a year and a half, Charlotte and I went to an actual show. And this was uh, partially 
like one of Charlotte's birthday presents. It was one of her favorite bands that the Rubus crew has a history with. Who was it? St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Well, they're from Birmingham, Alabama, and one of their guys is from Florence, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they're a guitar player. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Well, anyways, they're super cool. We've seen them multiple times. We saw them at Live on the Green. We've saw them at Bonnaroo twice now. Twice, yeah. Paul, he always talks and tells a story about how he used to work Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. He was like a volunteer or something. He's just super cool. He's like the most amazing performer I've ever seen. Like one of the most amazing performers I've ever seen. Like he brings it every single oh, time. Oh, yeah. I love their story too because they were just kind of a local band in Birmingham and just caught a couple of the right breaks. And I never will forget when we saw them at Sloss Fest in Birmingham. They were um, kind of the subheadliner that night. Mm-hmm. And they were just so amped up because they had been overseas and they were able to come home to Birmingham to play. And he said something along the lines of like, I'm going to tell you what I told them in Paris, France, when we opened for the Rolling Stones. Like, we're St. Paul and the Broken Bones from Birmingham, Alabama. And that place, like, blew up. The roof went off of that joint. I, I had such a good time. They always play, like, so many fun covers, too. Mm-hmm. I remember they played uh, Moon Age Daydream by Bowie that night down in Birmingham. Yeah. And last time we saw them at Bonnaroo, I freaked out, of course, because they played eventually by Tame Impala. Yeah. The first time they played Bonnaroo over at uh, one of the tents, I think it was the other, when it was still a tent, the other tent, mm-hmm. they played uh, Plastic Trees by Radiohead. Yes. And that was really cool. I love how they do their covers. They turn it into, like, soul ballads. And there's kind of there's kind of another reason that we have a history with that band. Do you want to tell a little bit about it? Well, Paul really likes the Ricky Totem. Yeah, so for those that, that don't know, if you're a new listener... By the way, thank you for listening. This is a bonus episode. You should listen to one of our regular ones. Um, so we have a totem that we take to every barn room and other things like Live on the Green. It's a picture of our dearly departed cat, Ricky. It's just his head, and he's wearing like stunner glasses. That That's it. I mean, there's no ulterior motive. I just think it's funny to have a picture of my cat on a totem. And we've seen Paul and them like, what, three, four times with that totem? Yeah. He goes out of his way to call it out or come grab it from me or something. Every single time. He literally it never fails. toted it around at Live on the Green. Yes. He carried it around. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, they played Bonnaroo a couple of years ago, the second time, he did this funny thing where they had the magic carpet where he went like crowd serving, but on this like big on carpet, carpet thing. Yeah. yeah. And he grabbed it from me and took it along and gave it a kiss. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. This time over at uh, the Caverns, you know, I couldn't really take in a totem because they're pretty strict on what you can bring in. But I had my iPad, and I drew a picture of it, and he still saw it. Yeah, he started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to talk to him sometime. I, I want to hear his side of this story. But anyways, this was our first real show that we had been to in almost a year and a half. I think the last real show we saw was Old Crow Medicine Show uh, in December of 2019, so almost a year and a half. Yeah. How was it? It, it did my soul a lot of good. Oh, for sure. I mean, just to see live music again. And I mean, like, real live music. I mean, we've seen some, like, local bands on very small, like, socially distant stages. But nothing like this with, like, a real stage with, like, a band that does the festival circuit, right? Right, exactly. How did you feel about uh, the Caverns, how they did their above-ground amphitheater? It was super cool. Like, I really enjoyed it. So, the funny thing was, I don't know if I should tell this. You're in it now. You might as well tell. (laughs) So, we bought our tickets when they very first went on sale like within like the first couple of minutes oh yeah i'm glad you're telling this but somehow our seat was in the dead 
last. Yes. Like, we were one seat over from the very back corner. Yeah. And I swear, I bought tickets for this, like, the minute it went yeah. on sale. I mean, we had the second worst seat in the house, literally. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. And so they told us, they were like, well, it's raining, so we'll probably have some people not show up. And so we just moved down to the front row. <laughs> well, okay. This is the bonus episode. I don't care. We can be a little bit more relaxed with this. We went to the second from the front row at first, and it started like pouring rain. It wasn't like lightning or anything, so they were still going. And we were under an umbrella, and all of a sudden, one of the ushers shows up. It's like, oh, hey, this is so-and-so's pod. Uh, do you mind if you move? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of weird, but okay. The show was like 80% over. Yeah. And then we went like to the very front row. So we went from like the worst seats in the house to the best seats in the house. Literally. I don't feel that bad about it because it was like one price for all seat. Yeah, there was no, it was it was a one one uh, ticket yeah. price. There was, well, the pods were a different price based on how many people you had oh, in yeah. it. But you were still basically paying almost the same amount per person, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I guess that makes sense, right? Yes. But back to our point, I was pretty impressed with how they did their outdoor amphitheater. It wasn't just something that they threw together at the last minute last year when they didn't have any other choice. They had put out some gravel to make all the different pods like level. The sound was pretty good for... The sound was fantastic. Yeah, for something that was basically a, fan, a fancy version of a makeshift thing. The sound was really good. The way that they had set the amphitheater up against kind of a hill there was pretty good. When we were in the back and we were when we were in the front, I thought from both aspects of it, the sound was great. Yeah. The one critique that I would have is when you are in this amphitheater, you look behind you, it looks great. There is, you know, the side of a big hill in Tennessee. It looks beautiful. Uh, the moon was right above the mountains and the mist was coming off the mountains right after it had rained. It looked beautiful. It was such an idyllic Tennessee vista, you know. But... When you look behind this stage, there's just like kind of a crappy looking trailer. I thought that was kind of weird. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I, that's all I could see. I when, did not even notice when that. When we were in the back, all I was looking at was like something that looked like something out of a trailer park. So my one critique would be you can't really, there's no concession line. You can't just go stand in line and get like a beer or get food or get a Coke yeah. or whatever. You have to order concessions through an app, which is super cool. Um, they do that because of COVID, and I super, super respect that. But you don't really get access to the app unless you're the ticket purchaser. So unless the ticket purchaser gives you that app, you're kind of SOL yeah. without asking the ticket purchaser. And I was sitting there that night trying to find a link on their website or something like that. I even Googled uh, the caverns order food, and there's no link on their website or anything. Uh, I think what they should do is definitely put a link to that app uh, on their website so you can just go on their website and, and order it from there. I think that would make it a lot easier. Yeah, it would be. They had emailed me a number of times leading up to the event, but I'll be honest, it was kind of confusing. There was like some things that you could pre-order that you couldn't order on site, like if you wanted a sandwich or something like that. Oh. It was just so much, and I was just like, uh, I need to download the app, but I just like – didn't want to like study all the rest of the stuff that I apparently needed to know. It was a little confusing. Yeah. Well, I know they do all that stuff because of COVID. Yeah. And that would be my suggestion slash critique is I think it might be time for them to look at reevaluating some of their policies. A lot of the stuff that we encountered makes total sense a year ago when a lot of things about 
the pandemic were unknown and nobody was vaccinated yet. But now that so many people are, I feel like you can start to take steps back to doing things normally, you know? Well, a lot of times I don't know what I want until that night. Like, I don't know if I'm... Yeah, that's true. ...want a beer or... I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> what if I pre-ordered a sandwich and then uh, I had a weird upset tummy on the way there and I'm like, eh, I'm not hungry anymore. That would be weird. <laughs> I guess I could give my sandwich to somebody. I don't know. Maybe. But, hey, another thing, the St. Paul show itself was mind-blowing. They played some new songs, and it was freaking awesome. I tweeted at them, and I don't guess he's seen it yet or hasn't looked at his Twitter, but they played this amazing new song. If you go see them here the next couple months, they do this thing where Paul is going to say, like, hey, we're going to try out some new stuff and see if you like it. The second new song that they played blew my mind. It was kind of a new direction for them, and I loved it so much. And, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, I just really need him to tell me the name of that. It was so good. Their new stuff, their new material was just mind-blowing. And I kind of felt bad for Paul because he's the kind of guy that loves to, like, get into, like, literally get into the audience and, like, be part of it. And you could tell he wanted to so bad, but yeah. they had put on some rules where he couldn't and everything. Well, it was also pouring rain, too. Oh, he didn't care about that. <laughs> he was like, oh, we're going to dance in the rain. But yeah, I had such a good time. I would definitely recommend the Caverns if you're thinking about going oh, to one of their outdoor shows. So before the concert started, we had to wait out a weather delay. So they had everyone go into the actual Caverns where they normally had the shows, uh, where they had the shows pre-COVID. Yeah, we'd never been in there. That was pretty we cool. We'd never been in there. And it was such a super, super cool place down there. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. I have some friends that have been to some shows down there. We have a friend, Christy, who went to a, like an EDM show down there. And I can only imagine what that would yes. be like. She, oh, my goodness. She saw sudden death down there. Are you serious? Yeah, wow. which we're, we're not the biggest like EDM people. Like We'll go to EDM yeah. shows at the other, at Bonner and stuff, but we don't exactly go out of our way to go to like single EDM shows. But I know them well enough, and I know her well enough to know that she probably was out of her mind having a good time. At that. I can't even imagine. She was probably like, yay, I'm in hell. <laughs> Oh, and another thing about the caverns, which makes it super, super cool to me. So I'm from like a very, very, very rural area, like very, very, very country. And well, Daniel is too. Yeah. And <laughs> I grew up like five miles down the road from you. Well, I'm more rural than you. Oh, this and is a competition? Yes. Okay. And the caverns, it's like boonies. Oh, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's amazing. It's like boonies. And like... When you go out there, if you ever go to it, like, you're going to pass some places. <laughs> That's a really good way to put that. You're going to see some stuff. <laughs> like, you're going to hear some banjos in the distance. I mean, this was nothing to us because we grew up around that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't been Prepare there. Prepare yourself. I'm not talking like, this is not like going to Bonnaroo and driving down the interstate and taking one exit. No. This is taking some one-lane roads. This is taking some one-lane roads and turning down a gravel road and then turning onto another gravel road and then taking a little one-lane road and then going into a quote-unquote holler and then going into another holler and then, yeah. Are people hollering in the holler? Yeah. Okay. It's like that. I was. Yeah. I had a good time with that show. I was hollering. (laughs) Down there in the holler. Yeah. No, it really is like that. It's such a cool spot. I'm going to go back once they start having regular shows in the actual cave again. Yes, for real. I'll definitely go back. 
An EDM show would be really fun. I overheard somebody in the cave while we were waiting out the rain say that they had seen the Flaming Lips down there before. Somebody said that, yeah. That would be one of the best places to see the Flaming Lips. <laughs> I cannot imagine seeing the Flaming Lips there. I don't know if he was for serious or not. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing them play there before or seeing it announced, you know. All right, well. Someone told us they saw Sound Tribe there. I know they have played there a number of times. Uh, STS-9, yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah, that would be, be so be much fun. But, yeah. but <laughs> the Flaming Lips playing there? Oh. Ooh, let's make that happen if and when they come back. But what if I did one of their like, shows where you're in the little balls? I would do cavern. it. cavern. <laughs> Yeah, I would totally do that. Are you kidding? Yeah. I really wish that the caverns was, I mean, I, I don't want to diss anybody that does this, but I wish it was marketed better and not necessarily by the caverns itself, but by the state of Tennessee, because that place should be considered on the same kind of level as Red Rocks out in Colorado. Now, I know that place has seen a lot of legendary shows, and to be fair, the cavern has as well, but like I don't the, know, it, just as far as it being like a very unique type of venue, you know? Like the Tennessee Tourism Board needs to get on it a little bit better is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's, you know, Bluegrass Underground that films over there, but it shouldn't be an underground thing. That should be a very well-known thing. That should be like a crown jewel for the state of Tennessee. Well, I noticed when we were coming in, it was, there was a, like a Tennessee sign that said something like Tennessee Music Trail or something like that. And that was on it? I hadn't heard of that Some, before. Something like that. I don't remember exactly. Now, to be fair, we're approaching this from the perspective of non-Tennesseans. So we don't see a lot of the things that people on the other side of the state line see day in and day out. But as somebody that travels up there for tourism reasons, I kind of wish I knew more about that and had been given the perspective of it being kind of that legendary type of venue, right? Yeah. So overall, like it was a super, super cool venue and I would definitely go back and 10, 10, highly recommended. 10, 10? I would say nine out of 10. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. The only reason I dock at that one point is because I think it's probably time for them to look at reevaluating some of their uh, COVID procedures and stuff. Well, cause I'm, I like to eat. Oh, <laughs> well that, I, exactly. That's <laughs> something that they I'm should a, reevaluate. I'm a porker y'all. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> I like to eat. <laughs> I mean, we did just have a really good dinner at uh, Cracker Barrel right before. I like we... to eat. <laughs> oh, pro tip. If you go to a Cracker Barrel and you want a good dinner, the catfish plate. Oh, my God. I love that so much. The Manchester Cracker Barrel does a great job with their grilled catfish. I, Man, they yeah. got some food at that Cracker Barrel, y'all. Oh, and by the way, I really wanted to go to some local restaurant in Manchester. I just, I, this is terrible. I should not be admitting this. I didn't really know the best place to go. I've heard from random Manchester people about like, oh, you got to go to this burger place or this barbecue place. But like, I kind of wish Bonnaroo had like a guide for out-of-towners that gave recommendations like, oh, here That'd are our cool. top five picks for locally owned Manchester restaurants. Prater's Barbecue. Yeah, I kind of wish that we had gotten that. Have some of the local places had booths inside Bonnaroo before having some of their stuff? I have no idea. I want to say that they have. And I feel ashamed because we should know about this better. I don't, I don't know. All right. Well, that's some homework for me and you. We'll report back on a future episode about that and find out like what local restaurants we want to eat at, especially that barbecue place. I love some barbecue. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll do that in a future episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is clearly one of our more uh, casual bonus episodes. We just wanted to hang out and not be so uh, formal about it. Yeah. Yeah. These are always fun. 
We'll come back with a regular episode next week or so. Until then, get out there and radiate positivity. We'll see you soon. Bye. So grow your hair, get a new tattoo. Quit your job and go to Bonnaroo. Whatever it is you want to do.